Find 1 John in your Bibles, 1 John chapter 5. It'll also be up on the screen. I appreciate Joshua and uh, Eli and Jacob and Michael and all those who work up in our booth. Good to have Israel back with us and all of the worship team. And so thank you. It's good to have all of our guests today. In your pew, you will find a connect card. If you're a guest today, we'd love to have a record of your visit. We'd love to learn your name. It's also on your bulletin. There's a tear off there on your bulletin. Uh, so either one, you just put in our worship box as you leave there. And we would love just to learn your name and know that you were here today. And so thank you. It's so good to have so many folks here today. And we're glad you chose to come and worship with us. And we welcome our guests. We welcome folks who are back with us. And so thank you. We welcome those who are joining us on our live stream. Thank you for faithfully coming and joining us uh, through this means. And so we welcome you as well. What a wonderful time of worship we've already had. And we're going to be talking about Jesus and confirming. John is going to talk about confirmed as the Son of God. And that's going to be our focus today. Let me also just say a word of thank you for your faithful giving. Uh, in my 16 years here, I have never talked much about money. Never said much about it. But I just want to say today, thank you. Thank you for faithfully giving. When you give, you are partnering with us. You're partnering with us. You're making, helping us make disciples and make a difference. And so I just want to say thank you. Those are online who are giving. Thank you so much for partnering with us as we are making a difference. One of the ways you can make a difference is by helping us hand out these uh, door hangers. I'm so thankful Patrick, he designed these, he ordered these. We got 2,000 door hangers. So there's a lot more houses in our community than you realize. And so what we're asking you to do is to help us get them out. We're calling this Pray on the Way. And you're partnering with us to make disciples and make a difference as you take these to the street you live on, the neighborhoods you live in, or in our surrounding area here. So what we're asking today as you leave, there's a clipboard out there. There's some samples of what they look like. And you can sign up and say, I will take so-and-so. Like I signed up, John, Jen, and Gus, that's our dog, is going to take them on Birch Street. And so we signed up Birch Street. That's the street we live on. And so just sign up out there. If you say, hey, I live out, no houses around me. If you just want to put your name down, we'll assign you a street around our church here. And so these will be made to be Wednesday, next Saturday, and next Sunday. And so we'll have them ready for you after you sign up today. So help us out. Be a part of it. And you're going to make a difference. And you're going to make disciples as we pray on the way. On Tuesdays, we have Senior Note Bible Study. And we're studying Genesis. And we just studied about Abraham. And it says about Abraham, God said to him, I want you to walk the breadth of the land. I want you to walk all this land that I have gave to you. So we're calling this pray on the way. As we go hang door hangers on doors, we're going to be praying as we walk in these neighborhoods. We're claiming this community in the name of Jesus. Our church is saying, this is where God's placed us. This is our community. And we're going to take the gospel out to each house in our community. And so door hangers is a good way to do that. You won't have to talk to anybody. You're just going to go put it on the door and you're going to pray for those people in that home as you're walking by. And so we're claiming this land in the name of Jesus. First John chapter five. Now, one thing I, I forgot to do, we're going to do right now is recognize our April anniversaries to, for our guests every month. 
We take one Sunday and we recognize our wedding anniversaries because we want our young people, our single adults, to know the importance of marriage. It's an institution by God, one man, one woman coming together. That's God's plan. And so we like to pray for our couples who got married each month. And so if you have an April wedding anniversary, would you stand up? All right, we got them in the balcony today. We had two at the first service. James and Euline Smith celebrated 65 years. Chris and Melissa Jones celebrated 32. Wes, putting you on the spot. The U.S. Castle. How many years for you and Michelle? Uh, 13. Is that right, Michelle? Yes. <laughs> Try again, Wes. 15. 15. Just seems like 13, right? Seems like 13. It's been so wonderful. It just went by so fast. I know a good florist if you have any, want to ask. All right. Congratulations to you guys. 15 years. Johnny, how many for you and Dom? 33. 33. Awesome. Congratulations to you guys. That's wonderful. You, is that right, Dom? He got it right. He was confident when he came out there. You ask him. <laughs> Fantastic. We're going to pray. You guys remain standing. Did I miss anybody? Is that everybody? All right, let's pray. And as we pray, let me give you some names. Remember Dorothy Wolf? She's in the hospital. Jane Flannery, Mrs. Martin, Isabel, Caleb, Zach, John Parrott. Continue to pray that he will just wake up more. Uh, Gary Jasper goes to oncologist the 30th. Daniel Phillips, as he's serving, as Dave and Tina reminded us about. And continue to remember the Talbert family. So let's pray. Lord, thank you for... This gift of coming to worship together, together as a people, the people of God, your people. We've gathered here under the name of your son, Jesus. Jesus, we're here to celebrate you, to, to honor you. And today we're looking in your word about confirming who you are, that you're the son of God. We confess that as a people. You are the son of God. You are Lord. You are the Messiah. You are our Savior, and we celebrate that. Lord, we've gathered here to worship you. We've worshipped you in song and in prayer and our giving, our fellowship. Now we worship you as we study your word. Teach us. Thank you for the gift of marriage. Lord, thank you for these who are celebrating this month. We thank you for Wes and Michelle and 15 years Johnny and Dawn and 33 years. Lord, thank you for the wonderful testimony they are to our church family and to this community of what a marriage is to look like. One man, one woman coming together to serve you together, to live life together, to encourage one another, to be a beautiful picture of Jesus, of you and your bride, the church. Bless these couples as they celebrate this month. May it be a wonderful celebration. Lord, may you bless their marriages. Help them to keep growing in their love for each other. Help them always to be quick to forgive, be patient. Lord, just that their love will continue to grow as they grow closer to you. Bless all of our marriages. Lord, guard them and protect them. Help us honor you. Help us to love each other. us. For those who are single here today or listening online and have a desire to be married, we pray you would work in their lives and bring into their life that man or that woman who you have 
chosen for them to serve together with. Lord, again, thank you for the gift. Thank you for the gift of church and this institution of being together, serving you together, making disciples and making a difference. Thank you for those you've sent out from our church who are serving like Dave and Tina. Lord, bless them as they serve at Bass Chapel. Bless all those you've sent out. Bless Daniel and the ministry of Compassion Hope and all of our missionaries. Bless them. Bless our military. Lord, bless our first responders, all of our medical folks. Lord, bless our teachers and administrators and students. And Lord, we pray a blessing on these on our prayer list. Others, Lord, we, we know of friends and moms and dads who are facing surgery and treatments and so many, Lord, so many needs. We pray for the Talbert family and others who've had deaths. Now, Lord, we pray you would teach us. Pray you would draw us to you. And Lord, we pray for those that we know who are lost, that they would be drawn to you. May you get glory in all things, we pray in the name of Jesus. Amen. All right, let's dive into God's word now. First John chapter 5. I, th- I want to thank James Hensley. He preached last Sunday at the 830 service. And Patrick preached at the 1030. And they both did a great job. And I appreciate them stepping in and filling in. Jen and I just went away for the weekend. My dad always told me either you're going to come apart, you should come apart so you won't come apart. And so that's why we try just to periodically take a, a day or two off just to get off and to be refreshed. So I appreciate those guys filling in. We had a wonderful service at 8.30 today. Uh, The count was 71, so we had 71 folks here early. And we're so thankful for those who come out early. Let's look in God's Word. 1 John chapter 5, verse 6 through 13. Next Sunday, we will finish verse 14 through 21. We will finish our series, Evidence of Faith. We've been studying through 1 John. In two weeks, we're starting a new series... And it's called What If? And that's going to be publicized, promoted on our door hangers. We're just talking about some of the scripture where it says if. If, some probabilities, some possibilities, some promises of God's word. And so we'll be starting that on April the 10th. And we'll finish our series next Sunday. So look at verse 6. This is he who came by water and blood, Jesus Christ. So today, John's focus is on confirming who Jesus is, that Jesus is the Son of God. We're sort of summarizing what we've been studying over the last several weeks. He's going to talk about Jesus today and who he is. So in the Old Testament, it said there should be two or three people who are witnesses for something to be found true. So if you were going to go into a court, you had to have two or three people. That's why Jesus, when they were trying to falsely accuse him, they got some false witnesses, a couple of people who came and falsely accused Jesus. There had to be two or three witnesses for something to be accepted as true. We're going to look at several witnesses here in this passage. The first two are water and blood. We'll come back to that. He says, not only by water, but by water and blood. And it is the Spirit who bears witness because the Spirit is true. Now, verse 7 and 8, I'm going to be reading from the New King James here. But in your translation, if you have a different translation, it may read a little different. Because in in newer translations, some of this is not in your uh, translation. Because some older manuscripts doesn't have part of this. Uh, the understanding is it was put in, put in at a later time. There's nothing unbiblical about this. What it talks about is true, but just know if you're reading along, 
I don't want you to get confused. It may not be there just because in the oldest manuscripts it, it wasn't found. So verse 7, for there are three that bear witness in heaven, the Father, the Word, and the Holy Spirit, and these three are one. That's a true statement. Nothing goes contrary to the Word of God there. Verse 8, and there are three that bear witness on earth, the Spirit, the water, and the blood, and these three agree as one. Verse 9, if we receive the witness of men, the witness of God is greater. For this is the witness of God, which he has testified of his Son. He who believes in the Son of God has the witness in himself. He who does believe God has made him a liar, because he has not believed the testimony that God has given of his Son. And this is the testimony, that God has given us eternal life, and this life is in his Son. He who has the Son has life. He who does not have the Son of God does not have life. And then verse 13. These things I have written to you. This letter that we've been studying. I've written this to you who believe in the name of the Son of God that you may know that you have eternal life. And that you may continue to believe in the name of the Son of God. This is a message of encouragement today. It's a message that we're going to be given confidence that we can know that we have eternal life. It's a message to be encouraged, that we have courage to share this news that Jesus is the Son of God. So we're going to begin with verse 6, talking about confirmation of that Jesus is the Son of God. This is what this part has all been about. This is what this whole letter has been about, is confirming who Jesus is. Given evidence, not only of who He is, but evidence of our faith. Because of these things we've talked about, because we love the brethren, that gives evidence that we are followers of Christ. Because we obey his commandments, that gives evidence that we are children of God. And so this is confirming once again of who Jesus is. We've been doing sign language every Sunday, just do something a little different. We're learning a different word every Sunday for our brothers and sisters who speak in sign language. So we're learning a new language. A couple of them that, this is our theme, we are family. So remember family, this is family. So we are family, okay? Tonight at six o'clock, we're having what we call family table. So we're gonna meet down in the rock, the metal building at six o'clock. Our families are going to bring meals to share. We're going to bring covered dish. We're going to bring meals and food, and we're going to share a meal together as a family around the table. You're invited to come. You're, everybody's invited to come and to have fellowship. And then at 630, we're going to have our church conference. That's like business meeting. Guests and visitors are welcome to be part of that. It's going to be abbreviated, and we're going to celebrate. You know, tonight, we didn't have conference back in November, and so we've had several months here where we've had people join the church. And so tonight we're going to be presenting around 30 folks to join our church. Can you say amen to that? Amen. Isn't that awesome how God has been so gracious sending new families to our church? And these new families bring gifts that our body needs. And so we welcome these families and celebrate that tonight. And so family. The other word, one of the large words we've learned is together. So this is together. It means together. So we're thinking about we believe together, we belong together, and we're better together. 
we're better. Saturday, we're going to meet here at 8.30. We're going to have breakfast. We're going to do work projects all in our community. We're going to be working here on our campus, getting ready for Easter. And you're invited to come to be part of Impact Saturday. You can take your door hangers that day. You can help some of our widows' houses, some people in the community. So we're better together. And so the word today is baptism, okay? So do your thumbs like this, like Fonzie. Young people don't even know who Fonzie is, but here we go. So baptism. Now there's two different ways to do baptism. The Baptist way and the Methodist way. Honest to goodness. There's two different sign languages. <laughs> Methodists are something like this. And so the Baptists are do, do. That's the sign language. So if you're talking to somebody... Baptism. See, even the sign language understands biblically it means to go under the water and come back up. And so on May the 1st, we're going to be baptizing at Laurel Run at the river. We're having our worship service there that day. We're having lunch and we're having baptism. So if you've been saved, not been baptized, we can baptize you in the river. It's a beautiful thing. It's a beautiful thing. Any Sunday, we can baptize you up in this baptistry. Water's warm up here. There ain't no snakes. It's good up here, okay? <laughs> but baptism is a beautiful identifying with Jesus. Baptism doesn't save us. We're saved because of Jesus and what he did for us on the cross, the resurrection. But it's an outward expression of what Christ has done in our life. We're saying, I believe Jesus lived. He died and was buried. Again, we're saying I was a sinner. My sins have been buried with Christ. I'm raised as a new creation. So baptism, that's our word for today. So let's talk about the confirmation of the son of God. Verse six, look at it one more time. This is he who came by water and blood, Jesus Christ, not only by water, but by water and blood. And it is the spirit who bears witness because the spirit is true. The first thing I want us to focus on, the first witness, if we were in a courtroom and we were calling witnesses to the stand to confirm that Jesus is the Son of God, the first one we want to call is the Holy Spirit. The Spirit is truth. The Spirit is part of the Godhead. There's the Father, there's the Son, and there's the Holy Spirit. Here we have these three parts of one, and that's God. The, the Godhead, the Trinity. And so the Holy Spirit's job is to always point us to Jesus. He's always there to tell us about Jesus. He's always there to, to glorify Jesus. He's always there to, to instruct us and, and to help us understand who Jesus is. And so the first witness we have to confirm that Jesus is the Son of God is the Holy Spirit. He gives witness. He was there at his baptism. He was there at creation with Jesus and with the Father when Jesus created all things. The Holy Spirit was there and he hovered over the water. The Holy Spirit is our witness. And he says, yes, Jesus is the Son of God. The second witness is the Father. It says here in the passage. Look there in verse 9. The witness of God, which of his son. And it says in verse 9 that his, the witness of God is greater than the witness of men. I could call man and woman and man and woman to the witness stand throughout the scripture and in this sanctuary who could confirm today Jesus is the son of God. We could call Moses. We could call Abraham. We could call Noah. All these guys and all these women. We could call Ruth and we could call Esther. Those folks would say, yes, he is a son of God. We could call his mama Mary and she would confirm, yes, he is a son of God. But the father, God, 
His witness is greater than man. And so here comes God the Father to the witness stand. And he says, yes, that's my son. In fact, he said that when Jesus was baptized. When John the Baptist took Jesus under the water, he come up. We hear a voice from heaven. Matthew chapter 3, it says, this is my beloved son in whom I am well pleased. God says, I am confirming today. I'm in agreement with the Spirit that Jesus is the Son of God. Think about his birth. We can study in the Gospels about the birth of Jesus. The birth of Jesus is a, is a confirmation that he's the Son of God. The virgin birth. He was born of a woman, but of the seed of God. He had no human father. There has nobody else been born like Jesus. Can you say amen? That confirms he's the son of God. Everybody else has got a mama and a daddy. He's got the heavenly father. He's got Mary as a mother, but he was born of a virgin. His birth speaks of his confirming that he is the son of God. Think about what all happened at his birth. Think about the angels. The angels were declaring this is the son of God. This is the savior. This is Christ. They declared Simeon. Anna, his mom, the wise men, the shepherds, all of these folks are confirming. We can call them all to the witness stand. And they're confirming that Jesus is the Son of God. Think about his baptism. When it says in this verse, in verse 6, water and blood... Those are witnesses of who Jesus is. Now, there's lots of thoughts about what this might stand for, water and blood. Some believe that talk is talking about when Jesus gave up the ghost when he died on the cross. He willingly gave his life for us and he took his last breath. You remember the soldiers were going to come and break his legs, but they realized, hey, he's already dead. So what did they do? They took a spear and what? Put it in his side. And what came flowing out? Water and blood. Some believe John is talking about that as a confirmation when that water and blood came out. People who know more than me say medically there's a sack around our heart. It has this water-like fluid. And so when they punched that, because Jesus' heart has already been broken, had already burst, that's why water and blood came forth. Some say water and blood could talk about his birth. Ladies, when you had broke, right? Some things John might be trying to deal with some heresy in the early church called Gnosticism. Gnosticism, what they believed was that, that Christ came upon Jesus at his baptism and left him before he went to the cross. John's trying to say, hey, Jesus, fully God, fully human, when he was there at creation and he's always been and he took on flesh at his birth, his virgin birth, and he died for our sins and he rose again. And so could be he's dealing with that. The best understanding, I think, is that water and blood, water stands for his baptism. There's a confirmation at his baptism when God speaks. There's a confirmation at his baptism when John the Baptist says, Behold the Lamb of God. There's one we can bring to the witness stand is John the Baptist. Look, there's the Lamb of God who takes away the sin of the world. I think John is saying his baptism and the crucifixion on the cross when his blood was shed for us. 
that this is a beautiful picture, a beautiful confirmation of who Jesus is. He identified Jesus did not need to be baptized because Jesus was sinless. Can you say amen to that? He never sinned. He was perfect. But he identified with you and with me, sinful humanity. He identified with us and he was baptized to identify with us. He took on flesh and he came because he was going to drink of the cup for us. He was going to take our sin upon him. And so the baptism is confirmation. Miracles are confirmation. Just think of all the people we could bring to the witness stand. Uh, the woman whose son was raised from the dead. We could bring Lazarus, who Jesus raised from the dead. We can bring Bartimaeus, whose eyes were open. We can bring all these folks at all the miracles he did. We could bring the little boy who Jesus took his little lunch and fed 5,000. We could bring all those people. And that little boy would say, yep, he's the son of God. The miracles that Jesus did. Think about his transfiguration. Once again, we hear from the father, this is my beloved son. Transfiguration. And then the cross. The cross is confirmation that he's the son of God. There he was on the cross and there was total darkness on the land. There was an earthquake. There was dead saints who were dead rising from the dead. The veil of the temple ripped in two. And then centurion, we can call him to the witness stand. The centurion said, truly this is the son of God. This is him. And so we see the cross confirms who Jesus is. The resurrection confirms who Jesus is. When God raised him from the dead, God was confirming once again, this is my beloved son in whom I am well pleased. And then the ascension when the, Jesus ascended to the father. Hundreds of people there. Hundreds of people who saw him ascend. We could call them to the witness stand. And then the scriptures this book here that we have is a confirmation that Jesus is the Son of God. We could take our time today in Genesis and we could look at every book of the Bible and we could point out something that's confirming Jesus is the Son of God. Jesus fulfilled every prophecy in the Old Testament. Can you say amen? I mean, every one of them that was prophesying about the Messiah, he fulfilled every one of them. So the scripture confirms that Jesus is the Son of God. And then the last thing, the Bible speaks of it here in 1 John. He says in verse 10, he who believes in the Son of God has the witness in himself. If you have been born again, if you have confessed Jesus as the Son of God, the transformation that happened in your life gives a confirmation that Jesus is the Son of God. And that leads us to the second point. Not only do we see the confirmation that he's the Son of God, but we see a confession that he is the Son of God. Look there in verse 10 again. He who believes in the Son of God has the witness in himself. He who does not believe God has made, he who does not believe God has made him a liar because he has not believed the testimony that God has given of his Son. We confessed what has been confirmed. We believe the testimony of the Holy Spirit. We believe the testimony of the Father. We believe the testimony of Scripture. We believed His virgin birth. We believed His miracles and His baptism and His death on the cross and His resurrection and His ascension. We believe all of those things and we confess it. Jesus, You are the Son of God. You are 
Christ. You are Lord. We confessed our sins and repented of our sins and we received forgiveness through the blood of Christ. A confession. Now, people can deny all they want to about the stuff about Jesus. They're wrong, but they can deny it. But it's really hard for them to deny what's happened to you personally. They can question and try to deny the miracles and all this stuff. But it's really hard for them to deny the change that's happened in your life. The transformation that Jesus made in you gives confirmation, adds to the confirmation that Jesus is the Son of God. Now hear me today. If you do not confess that Jesus is the Son of God, hear me. God's Word says, then you're calling God a liar. You're saying to the one who created all things, who has all power, you're pointing your finger at him and you're saying you're a liar. The, the passage is interesting here because it says to us, why is it that you believe the witness of men, but you won't believe the witness of God? Why is it that you believe the lies of Satan as he tries to, to, to deny and debunk all of the miracles of Jesus, the birth, virgin birth of Jesus, God as creator, his resurrection? He'll try his best to convince you that's not true. And yet you'll believe the lie, but you won't believe the truth. Here today, you're living online and you have not confessed Jesus is the Son of God, then God's Word says that means you're calling God a liar because God has said He's my Son. God has declared it. God has declared it. But do you know what? That all can change today. If the Holy Spirit is convicting you and the Holy Spirit is opening your eyes to the truth, today you can stop denying Jesus as Son of God and confess Him today. Confess your sin, believe in Jesus, trust in Him, and be saved today. The third thing in our outline is the confidence because Jesus is the Son of God. We have confidence. Once we confess, we've seen all of the confirmation and we believe that confirmation. And then because of that, now we have confidence that Jesus is the Son of God. Look at verse 12 of our passage. He who has the Son has life. We'll come back to the second part in just a minute. Look at verse 13. These things I have written to you who believe in the name of the Son of God. We believe what's been confirmed. That you may know. I wrote this book, he says. So you can know that you have eternal life and that you may continue to believe in the name of the Son of God. This whole book has been about continuing and to believe in the name of the Son of God. We talked about persevering. Those who are truly saved, persevere. Those who are truly saved, obey God's commandments. Those who are truly saved, we love God and we love the brethren. Those who are true, those things we've talked about all through this book, we, we can know that we belong to Jesus because these are evidence of our faith. So here, once again, he's talking about this confidence that we can have. If you have the Son, you have life. If you've believed in the name of the Son of God... You may know you have eternal life. You don't have to walk around saying, boy, I hope so. Boy, I really hope so. No, we are people who know so. Can you say amen? 
I mean, we know, not because of who we are, not because of what we've done. All this stuff we talked about, obedience and love, all that stuff is evidence that we're saved. That's not what saves us. It's Jesus what saves us. So we can know there's confidence that we have because we have believed what's been confirmed by the Spirit, by the Father, by His baptism, by His virgin birth, by His death, by His resurrection. We know because of the change that's happened in our life. Listen to Romans chapter 15, verse 13. I have a CSB app on my phone that I do my, just my daily reading in the mornings. And this was the verse today, which I thought was pretty cool, was the verse of the day. Romans 15, 13. Now may the God of hope fill you with all joy and peace in believing that you may abound in hope by the power of the Holy Spirit. This is what John is talking about. We can know confidence. Who Jesus is as the Son of God has been confirmed. We've confessed it. And now we can have confidence. And that confidence will fill us with all joy and peace. And we will abound in hope of the power of the Holy Spirit. A confidence Jesus is the Son of God. The fourth thing in our outline today is may we have courage to share that Jesus is the Son of God. Look back in verse 12. Finish the verse now. He who does not have the Son of God does not have life. Woke up last night. I'd had this on my mind all week, this passage, and Saturday nights, a lot of times, I'll go to bed preaching my message in my head. And so a lot of Saturdays, I'm tossing and turning because I've got everything on my mind, just thinking about it, been meditating on it. And I woke up last night just with this, it was like this, this heavy burden of hopelessness. For those without Christ. Because I had been thinking about verse 12. It's one of my favorite verses. Because I love the first part. He who has the Son has life. He who does not have the Son of God does not have life. Just the hopelessness of those who have denied Jesus as the Son of God. If you're here today or you're listening online and you have not confessed Jesus as the Son of God. You've not repented of your sins. It's upon you. A hopelessness, and for me, it just became this heavy burden that I woke up with thinking about, because we've been studying on Wednesdays about in Revelation about the eternal torment that waits those who reject Christ. And there was this burden, and I just woke up this morning thinking, God, may that be carried over into my life. May, may that be carried over into our church, that we would just have a, a burden, that we would once again see the reality of the hopelessness of those without Jesus. As we go handing out these door knockers, these door hangers, we're not going to door knockers, door hangers. We go put these on doors. We're encouraging them to go to our website. It's going to take them to a welcome that Josh and I, thanks, Randall. That's one way to get you to the altar right there. Just drop something on the. Thanks, Randall. <laughs> so they're going to go to this. And Josh and I are doing a new welcome video a Tuesday. And Patrick's got a great video about how to become a believer. And so as you put these on the doors, that's a simple way that you can help us make disciples. 
and make a difference. Church, can I just remind you, as I was reminded by God last night, our loved ones, our friends, our neighbors, even our enemies who die without Jesus have no hope. Forever and ever they will face torment because they denied Jesus. Can there be a new brokenness? This is a brand new. Can there be a new brokenness for us, for people who are lost? We're going to pray daily. We're going to look for opportunities to share the gospel. We're going to be part of this door hangers and, and let people know that there's a church that loves them and there's a God who sent his son to die for them. And they're going to learn about that as we get that out. And so here we understand, we, we see this, we need courage to share that Jesus is the son of God. Verse 12, once again, he who does not have the son of God does not have life. You see, if you're here and you've been denying Jesus, then you join Satan in denying him. Satan, throughout all of history, has tried to deny who Jesus is. His miracles, his virgin birth, his resurrection. He denies that. If you deny Christ, you join Satan in calling God a liar. But that doesn't have to be your end. Today, all of that can change. By faith, you can confess Jesus as, son, as the Son of God through grace. You can confess your sin and repent of your sin. And then in surrender, you can confirm today that Jesus is your Lord and Savior if you would trust in Him. For believers today, there's two words I want to leave you with. Confidence and courage. May we leave here with confidence that we know that we have eternal life because we have confessed Jesus. As, and then may we have courage. The words of Romans 15, 13. Now may the God of hope fill you with all joy and peace in believing that you may abound in hope by the power of the Holy Spirit. As we have an invitation, this is an opportunity if you're here and you're lost to come and say, I am ready to confess Jesus as the Son of God. I'm ready to repent and be saved. You're coming for baptism or church membership. Or you can just come to this altar and pray. Pray for a brokenness. Pray for those you know that are lost. Pray for confidence because you're having doubts. This altar is open for whatever God leads you to do. Stand with me for prayer. Lord, we are thankful for your grace. I am learning more and more, grace to grace. I am learning more about your grace. Today, you are a gracious God. You stand with arms wide open, ready to receive sinners, ready to forgive and to save them today. Lord, I pray those that are here in this sanctuary, those who are at home, if there's any here that doesn't know you, have not confessed you as the Son of God, not confessed you as Lord, I pray they would today. Lord, I pray for us as believers that we would be a people with confidence in you and a courage from you. Give us a new brokenness and urgency to share the gospel to a world that's headed for hell. Lord, take this for your purpose and your glory. We pray in the name of Jesus. Just keep your heads bowed. Josh is going to play us some music.